Hi everyone, my name is Yaro, and you're listening to the Embodied Business Podcast. Ooh, it is the long Easter weekend, and I'm just sitting on my bed looking at the sky. Have a moment to myself because my younger dog is out on a walk. And I wanted to record this episode to tell you a little bit more about what I like to talk to people about when they're wondering what business model to choose. And I'll also tell you a little bit more about my journey, where my income currently comes from, what I've learned and what I think are important questions to ask yourself before you're deciding on your business model. Before I do, I want to give my business community another shout out. It's currently open for enrollment. We have a few spots left. It's a really beautiful year-long container that you can join on a sliding scale between $240 and $480 for the year. We have monthly group support sessions, twice monthly co-working spaces, monthly themed workshops. We have quarterly business planning sessions, two virtual weekend retreats per year. And then we also, most importantly, have a really beautiful community on Mighty Networks where you can check in every week if you like. You can get to know other like-minded small business owners. We have amazing conversations about everything from money and pricing to accessibility and self-care for um, us and our communities, but also you know how to launch, what technical stuff to use, how to work with software and so forth. I think it's a really holistic program that looks at you know, the the support that you might need and the questions that might come up in the first, let's say, uh, three, well, one, two, three, four, five years of your business. We have members in, in different stages, and I really love that. Some of us are just starting out. Some of us have been in it for a number of years, but we're all supporting each other and offering each other a little bit of company, I guess, which is really, really what I love. So yeah, I'm going to link to that in the show notes. Let me know if you have any questions. And now I want to talk about finding the right business module, which is actually a big part or a, a frequent conversation that we have in the community as well. So from my point of view, um, this is not something that's ever fixed, you know, or set in stone. I've had all kinds of different income streams over the years. And I would say that maybe at the core, there's been some consistency in my business model or in who I am and what I do. Um, but I think that these questions that I'm about to share are something that we're usually revisiting every few years at least because we're changing as people in business. Our needs are changing. And obviously the pandemic has changed a lot as well. So a business module can be mixed and matched, right? You might be a service provider, but you might also be a teacher who's offering courses, or you might have an in-person shop where people can buy handmade products, but you're also someone who is offering some kind of consultation. So again, you know, don't, don't feel like you have to choose just one, but the most important thing is that you find out who you are and what you need in your work. It's really okay to change things over time and let things evolve. It is not all been done. I'm still seeing people who come up with really new models of, you know, generating income, making things sustainable for themselves. And I'm really excited because I think the internet is giving us so many new technologies that really change the way uh, we can do business. Like, let's think about Patreon, for example. That's not been a thing, I think, six or seven years ago. And it's really changed, you know, the way that many people work right now, which is exciting to see. 
I think a business model really has to fit your needs, your lifestyle, your abilities, the resources you have access to, the vision you hold for your work, and your community. And I think there are, for me at least, at least three different um, approaches to kind of finding the right business model. And again, I think for most people, there will be a kind of like a mix. I'm sorry, I can't just walk past the door. <laughs> so my dog is angry about that. Um, so yeah, for me at least, there's these three different angles from which you can approach this question. The first one is um, starting with what you really want to offer. So I occasionally come across people who are like, I really want to offer this program. I've always known that this is a topic that I'm really passionate about. And I just know that is the thing that I want to do. And that's a beautiful place to start. I think from what I can tell, it's the most common one. You have an idea you feel really excited about. And I, you know, you have the sense that this is really fitting who you are and what you stand for in the world. Um, and I think if that's the case for you, then you just have to figure out how to find the people who will be just as excited about the thing that you want to do and also figure out how it fits into your life and you know how you're able to work. I think it's a good idea if you are keen to start in that place to really have conversations with the people that are already in your community because you know you're just one person and, and I think naturally we're attracting other like-minded people I see that in my own work all the time um, but it's important to kind of do a bit of a temperature check you know like how is your idea landing with people what are the practicalities um, what are you needing to work towards to let's say for example you know you want to offer a year-long program um, that's quite intimate you will only need a small number of people who say yes to it but those people might make a bigger investment in order to work with you so what you probably then need to do is kind of start by storytelling and building relationships with people letting them see you and letting them get to know you in some way so that you can build that trust because it is a leap of course for someone to say yes to work with you for a whole year um, and put that money on the table and that might be a different consideration for example than let's say if your dream is to offer one-on-one -on -one consultations around a specific thing but yeah have a have a moment to yourself and ask yourself you know is that me Am I mainly deciding on my business model based on what I'm most excited about? And I think that's really good information for you to have. Um, the, the next angle that you could be taking is um, starting with your community. So let's say maybe you've had a blog for years or a podcast or you've been active on social media. So you have this community around you, but you just haven't got a business yet. And the people that are around your work are probably excited about, around a specific theme that you've been talking about. So your next steps would be then to say, you know, who do I really want to serve and what do these people need? What are their lives like? What do they struggle with? What, how much can they afford? You know, would a bigger investment be appropriate for them or... Um, do you need like a lower level entry product at this point? And what do they already have or might need more of? So I think when I'm starting out, it's really easy to say, oh, you know, these people already have an astrologer or they already have an herbalist. So who am I to come here in here? Um, but obviously we're all different. We bring unique things to the table. And I think we also need to remember that people sometimes need to hear the same idea or receive the same support from different people just because transformations aren't easy. So let's say you're a herbalist and you're helping people to connect more 
with the planned world around them, right? Most people who live kind of hectic, busy lives will not, you know, not change their whole relationship to the landscape just by talking to one person. They might want to come to your workshop, they read someone else's book, maybe they have a consultation with yet another person to deepen that relationship. And all these voices are really needed. So don't feel that um you know what you might have to offer isn't like valid or beautiful or needed just because other people are doing it as well if you have a community around your business you have this beautiful way of just finding out what they want you can just ask them and I will I want to speak to a few different ways to get feedback as well because I know many people can feel maybe a little bit shy or awkward about this um, so obviously the most, you know, the easiest way would be to send a newsletter out if you have one and say, hey, I've set up this little Google form as a survey. Would you mind answering a few questions because I really want what I offer to be of service to you and I would love to hear more about what be what you would like. You can, of course, also ask on social media. You can ask your friends. Um, you can check out how folks are engaging with someone else's offerings. So let's say, um, you know, I'm, for example, I'm getting really into quilting at the moment. I've been uh, printmaking and um, just have loved textile work for a few years. And and I'm still really new in these fields. I've, I've sold some prints uh, over the last two years, but I'm really totally new to the whole world of having like physical products and offering them seasonally and thinking about the logistics and shipping and all that. So I'm really paying attention when I see someone who does this really well and kind of has success or has an, a business model that seems like easy and doable to me, I really pay attention to how they do that. You know, do they have a wait list? How do they communicate the availability of their products? What do they do for pricing? So it's kind of like an indirect way for me to get feedback on what might work in that field. And that's something that you could do as well. You can also see what questions come up in groups. So um, I think if a group of people just, you know, frequently has a similar kind of question, then it might be good to assume that there's a need for them to receive support around that. And that's very much what I did with my web design work in the beginning, seven years ago. I was hanging out in Facebook groups at the time. People were really struggling with building their first WordPress site. And so I developed a product um, that met exactly that need or that, that um, challenge for them. You could also do some keyword research. That might be particularly interesting for people who have local businesses, let's say massage therapists in a place like Brighton. Um, if you're not sure what people actually want in your community, you could have a look um, for the Google search terms that they are using to find these kinds of services. And it might, you know, it might tell you, for example, that a lot of people in your local community are looking for queer-friendly massage therapists or for massage therapists that have um, experience with sport injury, uh, sports injuries and so forth. So again, that's a really nice indirect way to gather feedback if you're not feeling confident to ask people directly right now. And there's nothing wrong with that. Um, all right, so um, the next angle that you could take is really looking at your own needs. So here are some questions that you can ask yourself if you think that this angle is the one that you most need to focus on right now. Can you commit to regular hours or do you need more flexibility? Are you able to work physically? That would be relevant, you know, if, for example, you're making a physical product and your idea is that you're selling that at local craft markets or at Christmas markets. 
Are you going to be able to be there? You know, is that going to be something that you enjoy and have capacity for? Do you have startup cash? Um, that's a big need, right? Like some of us need to find a business model that you, we can get started without any funding. I know that was definitely true for me. I've made investments in my work over the years, but in the very beginning, I was deep in the minus on my account and I had to find a way to bring in money quickly. I didn't, you know, I couldn't like have taken years to kind of build up a community and then offer something. It needed to work right away. The next question is, do you enjoy content production? I think that's relevant if you, for example, want to build around, maybe you want to build a Patreon and you want to offer kind of education around a specific topic. Um, and that's kind of like the idea that you're most fascinated by, then it's probably a good thing to really ask yourself, do you enjoy making content consistently over long periods of time so that committing to that process of building your Patreon is really worth it? The next question is, do you like being in groups, right? That's a big one. If you want to offer live group programs, for example, um, it, it's good to figure out for yourself, maybe with a one-off class, if that's actually an environment or like a group dynamic that you really enjoy. The next question is, how much income do you need? And I know that's a really big one for many people. It can feel really hard to put a number on that and claim that need and say, this is what I need in order to feel safe. But I really think this is an extremely important question and it can really bite you in the bum if you're starting out not feeling sure about that. Whether you're currently on benefits or you have a part-time job or full-time job or some kind of other way of kind of, you know, making ends meet and you want to transition from that place to running your own business, you really need to know how much income you need to make. And I think um, it's perfectly fine to to be a bit pragmatic, I think, as you think about what you might want to offer and what the right business module for you is. I, for example, when I was starting out, was not in a financial position because my living expenses were higher um, due to where I was living at the time. I could probably not have made a lot of time back then to tinker with starting physical products like the printmaking or now making quilts. I just didn't have, you know, enough time in the day <laughs> to build that up to a point where I would have met my need for income. So web design just made much more sense. That was something that I was able to do immediately. I really enjoyed that. And it doesn't mean also that I would drop any of those ideas forever, right? Like just you know, the fact that you might be a bit pragmatic right now and you look at the income that you need and how you want to make that transition doesn't mean that you never get to do these other things that may be a, li a little bit less commercially viable or a bit less likely to make you money. And then the last question here is, how do you want to spend your days? Again, a really important one because if you're choosing a business model, let's say, uh, you are someone who just loves being outside all day, you love talking to people, you go out in all weathers, you just love being in nature. Being a massage therapist in an inner city environment where you're stuck inside all day, massaging people and like staying in place is probably not going to make you happy um, because that wouldn't be then how you spend your days. Maybe you want to be an outdoor therapist. So anyway, just putting that out there, how do you want to spend your days? So to recap, I've, I've shared with you these three different angles. The first one was starting with what you really want to offer. The second one was starting with your community, if you already have one, asking them what they want, getting a sense of this. And the last question or angle was 
your needs and what you're able to do and um, all of those are valid you might come up with a mix but listening to this I hope you get a feeling for which of those angles at this stage in your life is most important to you I want to cover also some common business modules and this is by no way you know an exhaustive list there's many other things you could do um, but as you sit down kind of thinking about these angles and the questions that you sh I've shared with you you might want to then kind of look at this list and say okay this is the most sensible thing for me to focus on right now. So you could offer physical products and they could be evergreen or seasonal so either they're always available or you're offering some something seasonal let's say um, in the cold season you're a herbalist you're always offering like a cold cough syrup or something like that. You might offer one-on-one -on -one services and they could be one-off or they could be in packages and I think uh, yeah that's like a nice you can obviously also offer both but having packages is a really beautiful way to offer people a dip, deeper commitment, a bit of a framework and so forth. You could also offer life group programs and they could either be local or online. You can have evergreen courses that are always available or you can offer seasonal pre-recorded courses. You could have a membership or a subscription or you could just invite regular donations, let's say if you have a podcast for example. So I hope this has given you an overview of the different business models. I want to now also talk a little bit about how I kind of came and arrived at my own business model. So as I mentioned, I started out with this one-on-one -on -one services, which was web design. And I then began offering uh, pre-recorded evergreen courses that people could um, buy any time if they wanted. Um, about four years ago, or almost five years, four and a half years ago, I think, I started my Patreon and I was offering monthly content for that. I recorded my first business uh, course in that context, out of which the um, business community grew that I um, mentioned at the beginning of this episode. Um, I now facilitate two communities. I still offer one-on-one -on -one services, um, but at a higher price and less frequently. And I also offer live seasonal courses. So last year, for example, I ran a, a four-week program called the Web Design Adventure in Spring. And then in the summer, I ran Create and Launch, all about creating your first evergreen course. And in the winter, I ran a program called Mending Together, which was all about stitching and being together and having company. And that was really sweet as well. I want to touch on something I have talked about before here and if this is interesting to you I encourage you to go a few episodes back and hear more about conversion rates but as you're thinking um, about your business module and the income that you need to make I would also invite you to think how many people think about how many people need to say yes to your offering in order for you to kind of reach to that, that stage where you're feeling safe and, and comfortable. So let's say you know that you want to offer one-on-one -on -one services, you're a massage therapist, and you've come to a price per hour that you feel comfortable with, or maybe you're offering it on a sliding scale and you're kind of figuring out what your likely average will be. Then you can look at the income that you need to make each month, and then you know how many of these sessions you have to sell in order to reach this income goal that you have. So that's really good information. So when you then know how many sessions you have to sell, you can also think about the conversion rates and say, okay, um, to reach, you know, to, to have an, all these sessions that I need, I will need to get in front of X number of people in order for a fraction of them to say yes and for me to have, you know, have enough clients. 
And that really varies so much from business model to business model. If, for example, you have this idea, you started with this idea of like wanting to offer a year-long intimate group program that's a higher investment um, and a small group situation, then you know you might only need five clients per year rather than, let's say, 70 for one-on-one massage sessions. So I think there's something in there as well about groups and being seen and intimacy and what you enjoy and what kind of marketing feels easy for you because uh, your conversion rate is, is essentially just um, uh, the number of people who says yes based on you know the number of people that I've seen you offering. So let's say you have 100 people on your newsletter and you're inviting them into a group program and five of them say yes, then you have a 5% conversion rate. Generally say a conversion rate between 2 or 3% is really good, but it really depends on the context, how well people know you and the industry that you're in. So it's hard to say you know generally, but I'm saying this because I think it's important, like I said, to think about in the context of your business model and also to be realistic in terms of, you know, um, how you might be starting out and how long it might take for you to reach enough people and be part of a community that supports your work. Um, so if that's not the case for you, then maybe hearing that 5% would be a really, really good conversion rate is is maybe a bomb i hope for your soul because you know it just takes time sometimes to find a flow with your business module and you know have the support that you need and that doesn't mean that your idea isn't great or um that it isn't space for you in the market anything like that it just means it takes time i want to close with some ideas for things that you can do when you get stuck sometimes like i said business modules take time to kind of take shape and that can be a little bit more drawn out than we had initially hoped, but it might in this case be good to offer something that you have witnessed a direct need for um, as a good way to make money in the meantime without getting another job. So like I said, in my case, for example, I, I settled on web design and I really enjoyed that, but I also offered hourly tech support because I very clearly saw in those groups that people were continuously asking for that and it was so easy for me to say, I can just fix this thing for you, you know, just send me your login, I'll set it up, this is the price for it. And so it was a compromise in a way, but it really allowed me to organically grow my web design business and to think about the group programs that I, I'm now offering. So yeah, you know, have a look around you to see what people are asking for. Maybe think about online jobs that might be suitable to your skills and what you need to give yourself a little bit more breathing space. And also um, either join my community, which I would really love, or find other people that you can really talk about this with. Don't feel like you need to figure out what business module is right for you by yourself. I think this is often something that happens in relationship through feedback, through experimentation and play and through the development of self-trust, which is really important. So I live there. Thank you so much for listening. It's been really good to talk to you and I look forward to sending you a new episode soon. Bye.